Howdy folks, welcome back to the podcast. Today, Katie is gracious enough to bring to rest a question and, and satisfy our listeners' curiosity regarding a question that we get asked quite frequently, and that is, what is her new intermittent fasting regimen now that she is postpartum? Is she able to keep up on her milk supply? Is she keeping up on her workouts? And What's her energy level with her current fasting schedule? And so she's going to answer that, that question along with some others in today's episode. Folks, thank you all so much for listening. If, if you are watching this, if you're able to uh, like this video or subscribe to our YouTube channel, that is very helpful to us. Or if you're listening on a platform that allows you to leave a review or a rating, if, if you do that, that's very helpful to us. And if you're able to just anytime you enjoy an episode, you know what also is very helpful? I'll tell you. I mean, it might, it might be this episode, maybe it's another episode, maybe it's an episode from years ago, but if, you, if you're able to share that on Instagram or on Twitter or Facebook or any social media platform you have, that helps us as well. So and if you were wondering what all the ways that you could help us are, though, I think I just told you them all. So you can do that if you'd like. If not, you can just enjoy today's episode and we'll get it going. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Okay, you guys. So I'm going to talk about what Elisha just said. <laughs> and I feel like this is something that is a little bit taboo because whenever you're talking about restricting anything in pregnancy or postpartum, you can't recommend that. And so this is one of the podcasts going in our, we can't recommend it, but this is what we do anyway. So a lot of the evidence that I'm going to be presenting is going to be anecdotal. I'm just going to show you what my experience was because I felt like this was very helpful for me uh, when I was going, you know, searching YouTube, trying to find podcasts to learn, okay, how can I lose weight postpartum and still keep my milk supply strong? Mm. I was going to basically just hear different women's stories. I didn't want a doctor telling me what I could and couldn't do because you're going to get the same advice across the board for something like that. And I wanted to hear from different women what has worked for them. So while this is anecdotal, it is what I have copied from a lot of other women online who also cannot recommend what they're doing, but have had the same results. So that's kind of what I'm going to dive into today. And something that I want to say up front here too is when it comes to weight loss or getting your, you know, air quotes body back or whatever postpartum, my motive behind this is to make having children sustainable because I love our children. Hmm. Elisha and I both just look at these little people and are like, you guys are the coolest. Hmm. We love raising them. We love having conversations with them. They're so fun to talk to and see their little personalities develop. But pregnancy is hard on a, Elisha wrote a song, or did your dad write the song? Having yeah. a baby's hard on a man? Yeah, I did not write that song. My <laughs> dad wrote it and wanted me to record it, so I practiced it for quite a while. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but that said, it's hard on your body, and I just watched so many women uh, with the cumulative buildup uh, the accumulative loss of muscle tone and accumulative buildup of weight over time. And weight is kind of a leading indicator of our health. And we can see 
when we're carrying extra weight, it's not just extra weight. It's not just aesthetics. It can start to really fatigue us. It can make it harder for our heart. It can really take our energy levels down. Um, a lot of the weight that we store is toxins in our body. And so these are all the reasons for me wanting to uh, be very thoughtful in this area because we would like to have more children, I think. <laughs> I mean, after after Lionel, I was like, I don't know, I'm, I'm really content with five, but in the back of my mind, I know that there might be another one coming um, if the Lord wills. And so I just, yeah. What would you say to that? Uh, you said a bunch of things, but uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we love our kids. We would be thrilled, I think, if we're able to have more children. Uh, but I will say this, just in regards to everything that you said, you have been exceptionally inspirational during this postpartum season. So I know you're going to be going into kind of your diet and your fasting regimen, but your overall routine, I think, has really contributed to this being, from my perspective, the the most, um, yeah, I, don't, I guess the best postpartum, you know, where you, your energy levels were back so soon. Uh, you were back to your systems and to your flow. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll just, you know, aesthetics, you know, or not, boy, I like aesthetics, you know, from time to time, uh, and pretty much all the time actually with you. And, and that is, it is certainly noteworthy, uh, seeing, seeing what you, with your intentionality, what, what you've been able to accomplish and what I've been able to enjoy. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> No, but stuff like that, you know, as much as we unconditionally love our spouses, there are things that make it easier for them to, to, um, find us attractive. And I appreciate that about Elisha. I appreciate that, you know, five kids in and he's still working out, still got all the, all the muscles. Oh yeah. Those pregnancies are, are tough on me. You no, know. you guys know what I'm talking about, though. It's easy when your wife is sitting around on the couch eating food to just join her in that, and everyone kind of gains weight. Um, so, anyways, this isn't this isn't just about weight. A lot of it's about energy management. A lot of it's about hormone management, and just all those things are affected by our overall health. And so, so that's why this was important to me. So, if you are looking into fasting postpartum, I say throw the word fasting out the window. And the first thing I would encourage you to do is don't eat within four hours, three to four hours of going to bed, and don't eat within three to four hours of getting up in the morning. If you can do those two things and don't have that fa fasting concept in your mind, then your body is going to naturally have that time to fast. And sometimes that's easier than trying to make a set hour goal, hmm. um, especially if maybe your meal times are a little bit more flexible or you need to eat at certain times. You can change that. I put in air quotes here, fasting window. And when you're just giving your body a chance to digest. You don't want to be eating right before you go to bed because then you aren't doing anything to burn off that fuel that you just gave your body. You're literally eating that food and then going into a hibernation state where your body turns off its processes to some extent and you just have all this food sitting in you. And then in the morning when we're eating right when we get up, then we still have all that food sitting in us and we put more food in there and it's like we're overfueling our engines. Makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's pretty simple. And so when we think of fasting, I know I thought of 
when my dad would go on these like three or four day or I don't know, he would just go and go yeah, and go. He, didn't he do more than a week? He would do some long he, fasts. He'd do some really long fasts. And I was the kind of person who thought I have a really high metabolism and I don't think my metabolism's low. Um, it's, it's not slow, I should say, but I thought I had to eat at whatever time I got up in the morning, if I got up at five, I would have to eat a protein shake immediately or I'd feel nauseous. Mm. And then I'd have to eat right before I go to bed in order to make it through the night. And a question that I get often with breastfeeding is what snacks do you recommend during the night? And I don't, I do not recommend snacks during the night. You don't need them. Like scientifically, you do not need snacks during the night in order to be able to keep your milk. And it's not your hunger levels that are talking to you in the middle of the night, it's your hormones. Because your hormones often send you hunger pains saying, you ate at this time yesterday, you need to eat at this time again today. And so it was really hard for me transitioning when I started this pregnant in my second trimester, it was hard for me to transition to not eating at 10 and 11, my giant bowl of oatmeal right before I went to bed. And my hunger pains were excruciating. Like, I'm serious. They would keep me up for hours the first week. And the second week was still really hard. And you know what? Towards the end of my pregnancy, like after that first transition, I'm not hungry when I go to bed. I am not hungry after dinner. I can eat dinner at four. I can eat dinner at five. And I am just not hungry. So that's something that has... Um, changed for me. And it's the same thing within the morning. Now I know I go three or four hours, regardless of when I wake up, my body doesn't stress out about it. I don't get hunger pains and, um, I'm not starving my body. It's just gotten used to, Oh, I have enough fuel. I don't need to eat at this, you know, at six in the morning. We didn't eat till 10 yesterday. We're going to be just fine. Hmm. Well, okay. That's pretty crazy to hear the intentionality you've put into this. And I will say, from a, a home flow standpoint, the our family evenings have greatly benefited from your intentionality around this area. It's it's kind of cool to see the trickle effect of you being it's it's carried over into multiple facets of of our home and of our evening routine, which has been really fun. I know you're speaking to it just directly from a from a health standpoint, and um, but our I feel like the flow of our home has been so much more helpful and so much more life giving when we were just done eating at, at dinner. Uh, I think of how the, the trickle effect of me becoming healthier because, uh, I didn't have like my, my snacking buddy, you know, at, at nighttime, you know, it's like you lose your drinking buddy and you're like, ah, oh, this isn't as much fun anymore. And I felt like that kind of happened with the evening snacks and the evening treats. And, and so it, it really spawned a lot, a lot more healthy habits for the whole home, which I've greatly benefited from and have brought a lot more life and enjoyment from life. Yeah. Another benefit of this is that if you aren't eating that, you know, fourth meal at eight or nine in the evening, then you don't get that surge of energy and mm. you don't want to stay awake till 11 or 11 30 yes. or 12. You're, you're tired and ready to go to bed. Um, I start winding down early these days, <laughs> um, cause we get up so early, but anyways, so that's really been helpful. So if you're breastfeeding postpartum, um, just the things that have been helpful for me are, are those eating windows. Don't eat on either side of your three meals a day. Don't snack during the night, drink water, drink tons of water. And this is another myth. I feel like that is so perpetuated out there by breastfeeding moms. And that is, I need to eat to keep my milk. So you do need to eat to keep your milk, but that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is drinking water. 
Hey, you guys, I just wanted to tell you real quick about my homeschooling course, Homeschooling the First Three Years. It's all about laying a foundation of joy and confidence and fun and simplified homeschool in your home. So if you're in a place where maybe you're considering homeschooling your kiddos in the next few years, then this course is for you. It's going to break down not only what we do for homeschool and our family and what we've done for the first three years in homeschool, but it's also going to show you exactly how that looks. So I'm going to take a camera around with me vlog style and show you how does it look to homeschool with a baby? How does it look to homeschool with a toddler? How does it look to homeschool multiple grades at one time? How do you navigate um, different learning tendencies? How do you navigate your learning style as a teacher? And how do you motivate children and get them to love learning? I love homeschooling my kids. One of my favorite things that I get to do with them each day. And it's something that I want you to love doing with your children as well. So if you look down in the description box, you will be able to find a discount code where you can get a discount off of homeschool the first three years. And I really hope that it blesses your home. You need to drink tons of water to keep your milk. And this is the most milk I have ever had postpartum. I have a ton of milk. Bubby is chunky. Not Elisha. Yeah, what are you pointing at me for? <laughs> but our baby. Yes. Uh, he is a chunk. He is the fattest growing baby that I've been able to yes. sustain. And my milk supply is just strong. And it's usually tapering off at this point. I was only able to nurse Leon for four months. Hmm. And I did get pregnant with Lucy at three months. So there was that there. Um, but with all my children, my milk has not been this, this strong. And I think a big reason for this, and this is something I got from all those moms on YouTube whose videos I was watching was I was just dehydrated. Mm. And the thing is, is that if you are eating all the time as a breastfeeding mom, you don't have enough room in your stomach to be able to drink a gallon of water a day. Because water fills you up. Yeah. You need space to be able to have that water fill in your tank. And so when I am eating breakfast, eating a snack, eating another snack, eating lunch, eating a snack, eating dinner, eating a snack, there's no way I'm going to be able to get in that gallon of water a day. And so there's something about when you are hydrating at a very high level, you naturally are eating less in order to make that space. Wow. Yeah, are you going to go into your hydration process? Because I think that is helpful too. Because oftentimes it can be counterproductive when you're when yes. you are fasting and drinking that much water. So, are you going to touch on that? Yeah, you want to you want to share? Well, I mean, you're the one. I that feel knows like it I'm more talking so much in this podcast. Uh, this you know? is this. Are you kidding me? This is your episode, <laughs> and I'm mesmerized by by oh. all of this. No, just maybe state how you do make a point to put salts uh, in your water because you do not want to strip away the <laughs> the helpful minerals, which can happen when you're when you're not eating as much and drinking a lot. Yeah. So I went into this wanting two things. One, I never dieted in my life. I really appreciated that I grew up with seven sisters and my mom wouldn't allow a scale in the house. Mm. And I think that that was a huge gift that she gave her daughters and that we never had a focus on weight in our home. Mm. And she was very into, hey, work out every day and eat well, eat moderately, and you're going to be just fine. And so I really appreciated that. And that was my mindset all growing up. I never had to struggle through these 
um, disorders that are, I can really see now that I have gotten into tracking my weight and tracking more what I eat, um, how that could be so harmful when you're going through those seasons of body insecurity and you're just really young and impressionable. So it can affect you at any stage, but I'm just more grateful now than ever that my mom did that when we were younger. Uh, so that said, I didn't, I had never dieted. I'd never done anything like that. And I'd seen a lot of my friends struggle with yo-yo dieting, um, cause they did start young and they wrecked their metabolisms. And so they had a really hard time being able to eat food later on because they just gain weight so easily. So I didn't want to ruin a good thing. Like I already had a metabolism that burned food well. And so I wanted to keep my metabolism high. And I also, um, didn't want to, I wanted to cover all of my bases when it came to nutrition because nutrition isn't just about weight. We've all seen women who are very slim, but their nails are brittle and their hair's falling out, or, you know, they aren't getting enough nutrients to be able to provide for their bodies, or they have no energy and are just exhausted. So they're really skinny, but there's no muscle tone there. There's no energy there. And I wanted vitality. I wanted energy. This wasn't just about a number on the scale. And so one way that I did that was really researching the nutrients that I would absolutely need as a, as a bare minimum. And I actually get those covered outside of my food. And I know that sounds kind of lame because I do believe that our food should be our primary source of nutrition. What we're eating is very, very important, but I didn't want to have to compute in my brain every day. Okay. Am I getting enough choline? Am I getting enough zinc? Um, am I low in B vitamins and try to put my meals together that way? I wanted to just make sure all those base needs were covered. And so I'm able to just eat healthy meals for our family, three meals a day and know that, Hey, if I wasn't super balanced that day, I still got the bases covered. And so I use element electrolytes. Elisha and I both love those and it's not spelled element. Like you would picture it's L M N T. And so you might call them elementy electrolytes <laughs> like right. I did, but the brand is element and they just don't have a lot of the junk that you find in other uh, electrolytes. And so I have a pack of those a day in my water. So because I'm not eating for the most part, highly palatable foods, when you take out those really rich, salty, uh, fatty, sugary foods, those are often the foods that have the salt in them that collect the water and hold it in our bodies. So the nice thing about this is when you are eating those foods, you don't swell up the same amount. Now, don't look at my face right now because it's really early in the morning and I might be puffy as I'll get out. I have no clue. Um, but you'll have a lot less swelling if you are eating those foods because you aren't retaining water. But you do need to retain a certain amount of water. Hmm. And so those electrolytes help for that. And then the other thing is I do take a pretty substantial load of supplements while I am pregnant and also while I am in postpartum. And then forevermore, because frankly, um, I have always been gearing up for another baby. And I do think health is just ongoing with the, with the nutrients that are now in our foods, even with organic foods, um, just our soil levels have been stripped. Our environment is not what it used to be. I hear, <laughs> and so I want to make sure that I'm getting those very nutrient dense supplements, even when my food levels are, are organic and, and technically healthy. Hmm. They, there's just not the same density there in our foods. And I think that that, that is such a bummer because, you know, I don't love the 1950s for, I think, every 
reason than other people like the 1950s. Like I do think there was a lot of dysfunction in that era. It was just a little bit more behind closed doors. But something that you notice in that era is everyone wa- everyone's waists are small. And you look at the workouts that these people are doing and it's like, woohoo, calisthenics, lift your leg, like no weights. Wow, I keep like bumping my mic. But then now we're like sweating our faces off with these like hit workouts, doing CrossFit, like sprinting for miles, and we still are gaining weight mm. and cannot beat that weight gain. And I just think that's such a bummer because these women literally went to the grocery store, bought the groceries, came home and prepared prepared the food. And the way that the food was grown and raised in and prepared and all those things just kept you slim. And now it's like we go to the grocery store, we buy the foods, we come home, we prepare them and we gain weight. And it just really stinks because we have all these very high calorie, but low satiation foods now. Mm -hmm. So you'll eat, you know, an Oreo and it's a high calorie, but you get no satiation from that. You need to eat like the whole bag before you start to fill up. Yeah. So are you, you're applying your organic shopping list to the Oreos? as well or is, is this a t- or are these two different categories here well i'm saying well <laughs> yeah that's a good question no but i'm saying um a lot of our foods even like okay you go get an organic it has all the right labels cereal mm. right at the grocery store and it's very high calorie low um low satiation mm. and and it even goes for things like meat Because you go and you buy a chicken breast now. It's an organic chicken breast, blah, blah, blah. And this is just something I read online. Okay, you guys, so do your own research. Uh, But it made sense to me that per pound or per ounce of meat that we're getting, it's lower protein and higher calorie because of the way the chickens, just their feed, their environment, the atmosphere, even when they're getting fed organic feed and all that stuff. Hmm. There's a disparity there compared to the amount of meat you'd have to eat before to get a very high level of protein for a lower calorie exchange. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Speaking of speaking of protein, I'm curious because I actually haven't asked you this uh, in a while. Because leading up to having our last child, you were emphasizing getting a lot of protein because you were you know you were taking these breaks from eating. You were fasting. Are we allowed to use that word now? I mean, you said don't think of it as fasting, but Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I mean, it, yeah. Okay. Uh, um, I just try to get through the roadblock that some women yes. have of like, that I had too, which is like, I can't fast. I'm trying to feed a baby. Yes. And you can feed a baby while still doing these things. That makes sense. Yeah. And instead of just going, and I think you think kind of extreme when you hear that word. You're thinking yeah. like 40 days and 40 nights whenever you hear the exactly. word fasting. Exactly. And so... When you were doing this, you were being extremely intentional in getting high levels of healthy proteins in your body. Has that continued postpartum as well? Yeah, that's a good question. So something else. Okay, no snacking through the night. Keep those non-eating windows open. Breakfast and lunch. Drink a gallon of water. Make sure that you are supplementing with electrolytes and supplements. Um, If you guys want a video on the supplements I took for my first, second, and third trimesters, I also, I need to create this. So if you guys go to now that I'm a mother.health, I'll have the link below and I will have a video for you guys by the time this episode goes live of the supplements I'm currently taking postpartum. If you're curious about those exact breakdowns. Um, so those are those things. And then I only eat three meals a day and I say only 
because that is a solid amount of meals. <laughs> <laughs> and so it sounds funny to say that. But again, another uh, bit of advice that is really propagated for breastfeeding mothers is snack, snack. You've got to, you've got to stay full. And three meals a day, if those are solid, nutritious meals, are going to be just fine. You're going to get plenty of calories. And I think that's something when we think of fasting, we think restricting calories. Mm. That's not something I'm doing here. Mm. I eat a lot of calories in a day. Like, I don't know how many calories I'm eating because I'm not tracking that. For me, that was an unhelpful metric. I got a little uh, fanatical about that and I knew it wasn't healthy for me when I started trying that. Um, just because I'm like, I like to I like to achieve past where the standard is. So when I'm trying to, and this is unhealthy when it comes to calorie counting. So if I had a calorie benchmark, then I couldn't help but try to get way below that benchmark. Like yeah. to me, that was just, and I know that that's not actually success. So I ditched the calorie count. <laughs> uh, and so I'm eating, I don't know, I'm probably eating north of 3000 calories a day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not probably. I am right now. And as far as stats wise, I was at my pre-pregnancy weight within eight weeks of uh, eight weeks postpartum. Now I didn't have the same muscle tone that I had prior to getting pregnant, but I was, um, 132 pounds and this weight is going to be different for everybody, but I think it's helpful. So you, you know what I'm saying? I'm only saying weight numbers for my specific body type and what's normal for yes. me. Okay. So I was 132 pounds. When I got pregnant with Leon, my first, I was 125 pounds and I have never gone back down there. 128 has been like where I've sat in between our pregnancies. And, um, at 10 weeks postpartum, I was, a hundred and well, I'll say at three months where I'm at right now, I'm 126 pounds. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like I don't, again, I don't have the same muscle tone that I had when I got pregnant with Leon. So like my waist is still like inches bigger and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm not stressed about any of these metrics, but without too much effort at all, I've just, my body has found that weight again. Wow. I mean, that's quite the sales pitch without too much effort at all. No, I'm serious. Your... I'm serious. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm eating a ton of food during the day, yeah. you know, like your quality of life. Has my been quality good. of life is great. Like my energy is great. My hormones are great. Hmm. I will say like when I was fasting, uh, post pregnant, I did have a really hard time waiting in the morning and going going to hours. <laughs> I would get irritable and it, it was hard. And this has not been that way since, since not being pregnant, it's very easy for me to fast. And I, and I kicked into doing all these things, I would say around, um, five or six weeks postpartum. Okay. That's when I started, uh, being serious about my 16 hour window. Okay. Uh, before that, I was still doing probably a 12 to 14 hour window, but I wasn't doing that full 16. And were you doing that intentionally or is that just kind of how it was working out? That was how it was working out. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't, I was still, I was eating after dinner, but I wasn't eating right when I got up. Okay. When I was, um, really early postpartum. Sure. That makes sense. And I do eat a lot of oatmeal. Uh, I eat oatmeal almost every day. And that is something that it's not just the food. It's not just the calorie energy that gives you milk. There's something in the oats that helps you produce milk. Is that right? Yeah. That's, that's what the Google says. Okay. 
You got it. Okay, I didn't know if that was just your opinion or if you had no, no, that is else that is something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You never know. Uh, that's uh. good. And so then, um, let's see. What was I going to say here? Yeah, in regards to oh, you know what? I forgot. I, I had a question here that I was going to ask you. But continue on. Yeah, so going back to that whole protein thing, I yep. guess, you aren't going to be able to stay full. This is at least what I found. If you're having carbs in the morning, you are you will be pretty hungry by lunchtime if you're just having three meals a day. And you'll be starving by dinner, in my experience. So that led to me just kind of, by trial and error, eating very high protein. Okay. So I'm trying to aim for a minimum of 20 grams of protein in a meal. Um, but sometimes I'm getting 40 grams to 60 grams of protein in a meal that would be a very protein heavy meal obviously um, but if you can get between 18 and 20 per meal you're going to be able to be satiated for three to four to five hours in between meals yeah i guess that's kind of what i'm wondering maybe you've touched on this briefly but how often were you hungry or how often are you hungry because that's not fun it's really not no, it's fun not. living life hungry and I've only I mean this is I've only done this one time when I was just trying to make weight for that one tournament I did and it was just a couple weeks and I hated it I was like this is the worst and yet you, this has been a long time this is what six months now seven months that you kind of have been in this routine and was it just bad early on and you got used to it or are there still random times where you just kind of have to live through being hungry or do you not do you not do that yeah that's a really good question so with the whole pregnancy thing, I didn't care how I felt I was going to, I was losing weight in my pregnancy. So I lost 10 pounds when I started this while pregnant. Um, so I knew I had extra weight on and I was just committed to the process and I was okay being, dealing with the side effects of irritability and all those things. Since then, my body has become very metabolically and I would say this happened during my pregnancy too, maybe after the first two or three weeks, my body started to become more, what do they call it? Metabolically flexible. And so I am able to burn fat and burn sugars for fuel. Okay. So I do not struggle with that irritability anymore. And this is why the weight comes off so easily. And this is why I encourage, um, again, you have to know your body. So not every person obviously is going to have the same experience that I do. If you start to notice your milk drying up and you're drinking a gallon a day and you're, um, doing all these things, then yes, you need to eat more. Okay. And, and you need to keep that milk supply because that is the primary need that you're trying to fill for your baby. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not saying that this overrides providing food for your baby in any way. And I just want to be clear on that. Um, but my body is in a state where after baby, you have extra fat. And so my body was able to kick into fat burning mode and use that fat supply to provide milk instead of using the fuel supply from my sugars and the food that I was eating. And so I'm able to switch back and forth. So if you're going into, um, you know, how do I feel now? I mean, maybe you would be able to answer that better than I would as far as like if I have moments of irritability and stuff like that. I would say for the, I'm not hungry the majority of the time. Mm -hmm. And I will also say I'm not uber, uber strict. I do 16 hours 90% of the time. But if there is a day where I'm just really hungry, I will shorten that window to 14 hours. Say we ate um, 
late because we came home late or we were at someone house, someone's house for dinner or we went to home group or something like that, then I'm not hungry if I eat at around 9, 9.30 before 10 in the morning. If I'm going past 10 because I ate really late in the evening, that is when I start to get hungry and irritable. (laughs) And so for me, I'm not in any rush. I've already like far exceeded my goals, I I guess, of where I wanted to be. And so I am happily eating at 9.30 (laughs) on those mornings and not trying to push it. There are some mornings we go to church and I have waited till noon to eat. And I think I've snapped at Elisha a couple of those times. Well, going to church in general, you know, causes people to snap at each other, I feel like. No, not not on the way to church. But it's stuff like, well, uh, you know, he'll be like, oh, where should we go to eat? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, no, the wait is way too long at that place. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm just in like, uh, it's one o'clock in the afternoon and I need food mode. But that makes sense because I feel like that's probably been helpful in sustaining this so that even if you... I guess if even if you eat a late dinner, you still the next day just jump in basically at at, at eating from nine thirty to five or something like that. Yeah, right? sometimes I do go around ten thirty. Like okay. if I am, like I've done that this last week and stuff. If I, I get into a good flow where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do the kids' school their morning chunk of school and then I'll eat. If I get myself busy and doing something else, then it's not a big deal. If I'm just mm-hmm. sitting around and watching the clock. Every five minutes seems like forever. So there are times when I push it if I get started on a project because then I naturally want to finish the project. So it's not a big deal to get through. Yeah, that's interesting. So would you say in general, it's it was more challenging for you to stop eating after dinner or for you to not eat until, you know, not eat right away when you woke up? You've got all the good questions. Well, I'm curious because I know for me, I've never been hungry in the morning. And so breakfast is, I've almost had to like make myself eat, eat breakfast. Um, but the late night snacks, you know, those are, those are the challenge for me. And so for, for me, anytime I'm doing this, like hand in hand with you, which isn't all the time, I feel like I just have to go to bed early, (laughs) finish dinner and then start getting ready for bed. So there's going to be, I feel like either a morning or an evening, one is going to be hard for someone. Yeah. It's rare that both are easy to let go of. For me, the evening was, it was really hard in the beginning, like I said, because I was used to eating this this meal but the morning has the morning is consistently the time when I have to kind of mind over matter it okay uh more often than not hmm. you know I have to I would love to eat you know right now and at 6 30 I'm not starving I don't have hunger pains but like when I'm cooking the kids oatmeal or something and I'm smelling that it's like oh I could totally eat some food right now that sounds fantastic um Whereas in the evenings, I no longer crave anything after dinner, yeah. which is great because like my chocolate craving and caramel craving and ice cream craving wow. are gone. Wow. And it's not saying that you can't have those treats. Like the other night, I was like, I have not had sugar for so long. Like I want a haagen That sounds so good. And Elisha let me run to the store right after dinner and get a haagen because... Let you. It's not like I keep you bound He keeps home. me locked at home. <laughs> behind in a pumpkin shell (laughs) I keep very well no no well you know what I'm saying I think that spouses let each other do things because it's like hey it's fun for the whole it's just a win yeah yeah there you go I say let because you know I'm leaving all the kids at home with him and I'm like hey usually if one of us goes and does something in the evening goes and runs errands or whatever 
it's after the kiddos go to bed because mm-hmm. we're kind of both hands on deck after dinner. That's family time. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I was like, hey, and you even asked, you were like, do you think you could go after the kids go to bed? And then you're like, oh, you're fasting yeah. <laughs> because I'll have a treat, but I have it with my dinner. And when you have a treat with your dinner, it doesn't spike your insulin levels like it does if you're having it on its own. And when your insulin levels are spiked, you cannot lose weight. You literally can't. So that's where all the science of this comes in. And the science is fantastic. The Glucose Goddess is a great book. Fast Like a Girl is a great book if you want to get into the science. But essentially, this is why you don't want to snack a million times during your day. (laughs) Well, no. Once you said, okay, essentially, it's like, oh, here we go. Okay. We're just boiling it all down right here. (laughs) We We should have started with that. We should have started with okay. I know I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm probably going backwards, but anyways, you have to if you're into it, you'll listen to the whole episode. If you aren't, then you won't be here right now. So the whole thing with the spiking your insulin is you eat a snack or you eat a shake before breakfast after your workout, spike your insulin. Two hours later, you spike your insulin by eating breakfast. Two hours later, you spike it by a snack. Every time, if you eat one gram of sugar, you can spike your insulin, and I mean that's a small slice of an apple, (laughs) you know? And so if your insulin is in this spike state all day long, and then you aren't even giving yourself time during the night for that insulin to drop because you're snacking all during the night, you are just going to stay in this very, this state where you can't lose weight. Now, all of our bodies are different when it comes to breastfeeding because, because I'm talking to breastfeeding mothers and pregnant mothers, some of us, will lose weight when we are breastfeeding just because of the extra amount of calories burned. So there are these women who can just eat 24 seven and have a hard time keeping weight on because they are just burning calories like crazy. And then for some of us, we continue burning calories. It may be 200 calories more a day or 300 calories more a day, but that's not enough to be able to burn through all the fuel that we're, all the fuel that we're eating during the day. So for that woman who I'm more like, then you're going to want to give your body a break from those insulin spikes. Give it time to come down, burn a little of your fat before you spike it again. Well, that's good. <laughs> when I think of working out too, because this is a question I get asked. I got asked this by my brother who's really into muscle gaining. And he was like, okay, so what if you, I always do my workouts fasted. Um, That's me, not my brother. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about that. And when it comes to actual muscle gain, like if you're trying to gain serious muscles, then you're going to either want to work out during the day so you can eat a protein shake before or after or, you know, a very protein-dense meal of around 30 grams of protein uh, to build that muscle. Uh, But what I have found is... That's not the state I'm currently in. I'm not just trying to bulk up as the Incredible Hulk. I do want to stay toned. And I have found that I still build muscle even when I'm not eating two to three hours after my workout. Hmm. And again, that's anecdotal. That's just me. But this happened through my whole pregnancy. I was just concerned with um, maintaining my weight. I wasn't concerned with any muscle tone during my pregnancy. And my before and after photos of like my back, my back's like ripped at 39 weeks pregnant and totally has no definition when I started at 20 and 21 weeks. Hmm. So 
you can definitely build muscle tone and I'm very comfortable right now doing, uh, working out fasted. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, that's the whole thing, your whole, your whole lifestyle. I think that it is actually when you, it's probably more enjoyable when you embrace this as a whole lifestyle. Uh, and you get the whole home kind of flowing around this because you've been so consistent in your work. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, but I think you've just really embraced the whole thing to make it more enjoyable because your workouts have been on point. I mean, every morning it's because our, our little, our mornings are flipped where I get up and I lay around. Basically I get up and make my coffee and sit down and read and you get up and go straight to the, to, to your workouts. Yeah. And then you work out midday. Yeah. But it's just kind of like, yeah, the different ways that our schedules go. If I, if I get into my flow for the day, there's like a 90% chance I'm not going to work out, Hmm. um, during the rest of the day. It's just too much friction between me getting all the kids schedules perfectly lined up and then not being tempted to do something else during that time while they're all resting. So it's just not worth it for me. So anyways, I, I gave you guys a lot of random information. You can totally listen to this and be like, that would not work for me. I know my body, she's crazy. And, and there are going to be, that's going to be true for some of you guys listening. Like I said, this isn't, this isn't a tried and true plan for all female bodies when they're breastfeeding. You know, this is what has worked for me. This is what I, the whole reason I arrived here was through my own research, my own experience during pregnancy. And then also just what I've seen online that has worked for other women. Um, but I, it, it really works and it's been a big blessing. And like you said, I wanted something that would make having children sustainable for me and for my body and for our marriage and something that we could still, um, I don't know, just feel young and have fun and energetic and, um, you know, have our love life be (laughs) more enjoyable (laughs) and stuff like that too. And then, and then also just be able to have that energy throughout the day and not just have it be all about aesthetics. I knew I didn't want to, again, do something like drastically drop my calories. I didn't want to lose my milk. Like the priorities that I have in my life start, um, you know, God infiltrates all of it, but it's, it's my marriage first. And so if I'm snapping at Elisha and I, you know, I'm super trim and fit. Like that is not a win in our marriage. Mm. And then secondly, it it is my children. And so if I'm snapping at them throughout the day, because I'm on this crazy weight loss journey, like it doesn't matter how good I look or don't look, you know? Mm. And so, uh, and then also like just for my overall health, I didn't want something, like I said, that was going to just have me yo-yoing and fighting and thinking about myself all day long. I mm. wanted something that just seamlessly fit into my life. And yeah, it's hard in the beginning because you're tracking everything. And that is something I would recommend. I have a little notebook and I still do this where I track, um, I just put the date and I divide the, it's like a little skinny, skinny notebook. And it's always open on the counter. And I just write down um, tally marks for the w- water bottles that I'm drinking throughout the day, um, whether I worked out and what I did or not the vitamins I took or not, if I missed and the, um, and my fasting window, what I ended up fasting, whether it was 12 hours, you know, 14 hours, whatever. So those are the things that I track daily. And I, and I do encourage you to track this. So when I say it's seamless, I still track this because I started out because I needed to be reminded, but now I love it because if I don't work out for four days, 
because we're on a trip or something, it feels like, oh, I just, I just worked out. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that, but it seems like you just worked out and then a week's passed. You're like, whoa, it's Monday again. That was the last time I went for a run or I've been drinking water all day long. And then I look and I'm like, I've drunk a bottle and a half. Like what? And so it's really helped me stay consistent with my supplements because I used to always, um, yeah, I'd forget again, same thing. I thought I had taken them or I hadn't. So it's just really nice when I see a blank slot to be like, oh, I got to do that real quick. Yeah. So, so I have done that and I would encourage tracking, but then aside from that, this really doesn't affect my life at all. It's a long-term thing. I love how I feel. I love the energy I feel. And this is something that I want to, um, this is just how I want to live. This is how I want to live my life. So this isn't like a sprint to some goal. Mm. It's just a way that I feel is very healthy for me to live my life. Yeah. And I, I need to commend you for how you have kept those priorities. So in line and you've not compromised on that. And anytime maybe that you felt like you were getting close to the, the, you were so open-handed with your ideal, you know, workout regimen or your ideal eating schedule. You're like, well, this clear, I don't, I am, you're like, I'm not going to make this what I'm about. I'm not going to make this become an idol. And that happens, I would say almost more times than not when, when you really get, uh, hyper-focused on, a, a, like you said, a particular outcome, whether it's a set amount of weight you're trying to lose or, um, like a, a routine you're trying to stick to, then all of a sudden it's like, in theory, the very people you're doing it for oftentimes end up suffering, mm-hmm. uh, because whatever, you know, dad's in a bad mood because, you know, he's fast and her mom's, you know, short and, and ill tempered because, uh, uh, you know, whatever. And, yeah. and, and you really never let it get to that point, which is pretty cool. And I think that that as Christians, we need to be able to have that mindset, uh, with this. And, um, so yeah, good on, good on you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. And yeah, just that I would keep in mind anytime you start something new, it is going to be hard for a bit and it's going to be consuming for a bit. So if you're starting this and you're like, this is not easy at all, then yeah, I, I was there, but at this point it's just, my pattern. It's what works. It's Mm -hmm. what's going to make, um, children sustainable for me. And, and my mom really had that for her life. She had 11 children. She looked amazing through all of them. And a lot of people just chalked it up to genetics, but she ate so well. She ate one sweet a week and she, um, worked out every single day at 11 o'clock in the afternoon. And that was just, that was her rhythm. Mm -hmm. That was what worked for her. And if you're trying to have a lot of children and you have no rhythm, then I do think that health will suffer long-term. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that, that, that I didn't want. And that's why we are here today. You rock this. I was so inspired by this episode. Seriously. Thank you for doing this. Thank you, Elisha. Thanks for being here. Hope you guys got something out of it. Maybe take something, maybe leave something. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.